Alrighty, Sports Cosmic Podcast, as per always, brought to you by beers. Uh, this pod that you're about to listen to was recorded, unfortunately, about a month ago. It's taken a while to get it up, but uh, it's a pretty good one with some old mates, Steve and Carl, uh, regarding the Huddersfield Town. Um, this one was actually recorded on FA Cup final night, so a couple nights before the uh, playoff final to get into the Premier League, which Huddersfield ended up going on and winning uh, to put them in the Premier League for the first time in 45-odd years. So a uh, pretty fun one. Um, Obviously, with it being two nights before that playoff, there was a little bit of apprehension in the air. We um, talked about Steve and Carl's trip to um, Huddersfield a couple of months ago to take in a few games home and away, and then kind of talked about um, you know the future of Huddersfield and what, where it's going from here as it was two nights before the final. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Crack a beer. Get a cold one right here. And let's go. Got a special old mate edition of the Sports Gasming Podcast tonight. Uh, it's 10:50 p.m. We're all getting set for the FA Cup final in a few hours, but I wanted to bring um, a couple of blokes on. Who one of them I've known for a long time now. Um, Steve, how are you? Greetings. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm glad we're finally getting to do this pod, and we've got Carl on here as well. Hey Dave, how are you going? I'm very well. Now we get these two blokes have gone on probably. I think a lot of a lot of guys have a dream of going on a trip overseas with just a couple of mates, seeing some sports, having some drinks. And you guys did it. We did. It was the old mate adventure. <laughs> three yeah. week, three weeks uh, going through the UK, uh, Huddersfield, Edinburgh, saw Hearts, saw Huddersfield, saw Newcastle, saw Aston Villa, um, saw lots of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to the drinking. Um, <laughs> I guess just to start with, I said to you before the pod that I wanted to kind of get your story as a, I guess, how it came into being a Huddersfield fan. Because when I first met you, you were you're probably you, uh, Man United is who I knew you yeah. as a fan of. But then, um, yeah, for a long time now, you've been uh, really into Huddersfield. And it's kind of, it probably helped pique my interest in watching the lower leagues a bit more. And now, yeah, I really enjoy it. And yeah, just you, kind of how, how it is, because part of it is just, Following a lower league team is just so much harder than obviously the easy access we have to Premier League these days. Lower league is still a bit yeah. difficult to watch as a week in, week out thing. Yeah, well, I've, I probably always followed lost causes, I think, <laughs> and that's uh, part of it. But uh, um, it goes way back to when I was at high school. Um, the very first uh, game that I ever watched of football was uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool in the 1977 FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. I had a friend called Ian Young and we had a $2 bet and he was from Liverpool. <laughs> so, of course, I was going to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I, I went from Man United, then Man United won 2-1. And from there, then on, I've just followed football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, I was interested in the history of things. So... I said, okay, what goes on here? So I looked through the Funk and Wagnalls at high school <laughs> <laughs> and uh, saw that there's more than one division in mm-hmm. football, which was different to what I've experienced in Australia, where it was just like 
SANFL, AFL, yeah, mm. just had one league. So I thought, okay, who, who was in the second division and who will I follow? So it was Chelsea. That was, <laughs> my, that was my team in the second division. Huddersfield Town was my team in the third division. Yeah. Aldershot Town was my team in the fourth division. I picked them out. Mm. Uh, but Huddersfield sort of stuck out because they'd, they'd won the first division in the 1920s three times in a row. Um, and uh, when I first started looking at it, uh, they, they'd sort of fallen from grace so far. Mm. So that's why I sort of followed them. Yeah. And uh, Carl, your story as a football fan, because, yeah, it's just, I think everyone's got their own story and it's just great to hear. Uh, yeah, look, I've always been interested in sport and always followed English football. I guess um, my team was predominantly Chelsea and I'm going back before the Roman Abramovich days, I'm going back to, you know, Ray Wilkins and Peter Benetti. I can remember when Chelsea got um, got down into what was then Division 2 back in the um, mid-80s, I think it would have been. So I still followed them then. Um, and then, obviously, being friends with Steve, and I guess he sort of piqued my interest in the Huddersfield side of things. And, you know, Chelsea have been successful, but it's a, it's a bit more... I think a bit more realistic for me, um, you know, following a team like Huddersfield, um, I think it's just uh, Chelsea have been so successful and I think just following Huddersfield has just sort of um, been a more natural progression for me. So when Steve sort of said to, um, he was planning a trip to the UK to go see a few Huddersfield games and, you know, to go over the go overseas with um, a couple of mates and go on a bit of a midlife crisis tour has, <laughs> has been has been really good. So I sort of jumped on board and, and um, I guess in some respects probably jumped on the Huddersfield bandwagon a bit, but I've really enjoyed it. So it's been great. Yeah, I guess that's one of those things that um, with football these days, uh, yeah, the, the success of the big teams can sometimes almost, you start, it starts being taken for granted and watching a team in those lower divisions that are actually really there's the passionate fan base and everything isn't expected it's really earned especially for a team like Huddersfield who only came up from league one only what 2012 yeah 2012 I I've been to two playoff finals I went to the 2011 and the 2012 playoff um got to meet some people through Facebook uh um yeah just uh Met, met met up with them uh, at the Ashley Hotel in Huddersfield. <laughs> Had quite quite a few drinks with these guys and just become friends with them ever since and uh, commentated a lot with them uh, just through Facebook. Um, yeah, met up with them when we back went to uh, the UK only a few weeks ago in March. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the great things about social media and, you know, there's so many bad things, but some of the good things is the connections. You really can... The, the sports you follow can become a worldwide fan group and you can keep in touch with these people and whatever. But yeah, so the trip, the uh, getting there was an interesting story in itself, I found. It was. We, we just made it. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we were due to arrive in Manchester on the Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday yeah. about 11am, I think it was. Yeah, and uh, we got 400 metres uh, above the tarmac at Manchester and we we encountered Storm Doris <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah Storm Doris 
decided that we weren't going to land in Manchester <laughs> and we sort of just circled above Manchester for, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, something like that, and uh, just couldn't land and uh, ended up going to Gatwick. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were in Gatwick for a night and it was a what was going to be a 24-hour trip turned up to be a 50-hour trip by the time we got to, to Huddersfield. <laughs> and... I believe at one point you said it was nice knowing you too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> with our partner who's not here not tonight. Here today, yeah. yeah, sitting next to him and uh, just sort of looked across at him and said, yes, yes, well, it's been nice knowing you, Mark. <laughs> it, was it surreal to think to have that even thought even cross your mind? Because I've never had that on a flight. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, see, I assume it was somewhat you were still, you weren't that worried, but it at least was crossing your mind. <laughs> at the time, you're sort of not worried, but um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, perhaps it might have been a bit of delayed shock afterwards. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're all good on the flight, were you? You weren't worried? Well, I wasn't sitting with these two guys. <laughs> I was, um, they, they were sitting a, uh, in different seats from me, so I was a bit unaware of what was happening because I was in an aisle seat. Um, these two guys were behind the wing on the and had a window seat, so they could see a bit more of the action, but... Um, because it was an A380, it did have um, the the cameras on the wings and the tail and that sort of thing. So you could view on your on your little TV in front of the yeah. seat in front of you what was happening. So I knew it was pretty serious, but I couldn't see the actual plane doing all the aerobatics that it mm. apparently that it did. But we did see some footage afterwards of the plane trying to yeah. land it. Check Manchester it out. Check airport. it out on YouTube. It's on there. It's oh, yeah, and it's, it's, <laughs> once you see that, it, you sort of realise how serious it was. So, and it was on the apparently it was on the TV in the UK on the news that night. So, yeah, it was on Manchester TV. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a fifteen minutes of fame as far as your ride was. It was <laughs> I'll have to. I'll, I'll make sure to put the, the YouTube link in the show notes or something <laughs> yeah. afterwards, so anyone that listens can actually find it. Yeah, we, we, we were fortunate though because we didn't have anything sort of really planned for that next day. So the mm. fact that we were almost a day late sort of really didn't affect us other than we were pretty buggered and we had to have a we had to endure a sort of five or six hour yeah. bus trip from London up to Manchester, which wasn't yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the last thing you want after flying halfway across the world is then to get on a bus. Yeah, <laughs> um, so you got to you got you finally got to uh, up to your destination in Huddersfield, and you had a game pretty much straight away. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the next very next day was uh, Barnsley away. Barnsley away. Yeah. So how was um, run an away trip? Because I haven't done it. I've done away trips in. Uh, I just did one for AFL. I've done it for. Major League Soccer in America, <laughs> but I haven't done a, an away trip in England. What is that like? Because you know you've got fan sections and and all those things that it's not they do that in America, but it's sti- it's still just it a completely different world yeah. doing it in a. It's, in, it's in totally England. it's totally different to sport that I've experienced in Australia because you've got this segregation between home and away, mm-hmm. and uh, what you really notice is that when you're traveling on public transport and you get to your destination, all of a sudden you've got the South Yorkshire police <laughs> filming you as you're coming off the off the train, you know, to, to see if you're gonna be some sort of soccer hooligan or something. And then corralling you yeah. sort of into the away fans and yeah. which yeah. I'd never experienced certainly never experienced before. So yeah, that was a that was certainly yeah. an eye opener for me because yeah. there was more police than you could imagine when we got off the train at uh, at Barnsley. Mm-hmm. 
So they actually they actually had cameras on you to yeah, yeah, if anything yeah. went down it was going to be caught yeah. on camera basically yeah yeah so they they had a yeah a video reference of every person that came off the train from Huddersfield yeah. into Barnsley and then you walk off from Barnsley and you walk down to the ground and uh, and you're pretty much corralled straight into the section that you're going into in the away section which that day was packed out it was yeah I think it was a sellout. 4,000 people it was in the a, way it was end. A Yorkshire, Yorkshire derby. York, mm. yep. So it was a pretty big game for both teams. Um, yeah, but it was a really good experience. Um, the, you know, Barnsley is one of the, I guess, more traditional grounds. It's pretty old. And, mm. um, you know, so you can imagine it's probably been up since uh, 1920s, 1930s, that ground. So, mm. you know, and it doesn't look like it's changed very much, to be honest. No, that one, one stand on the... On, I don't know what side it was, but it looked like about 1910 or 1920, yeah. sort of a grandstand on one side. Yeah. yeah. So you pretty much don't have any contact with uh, you. They they corral you in there, so you can pretty much not have any contact with any any of the away, uh, sorry home fans. No, nah, not at all. During the game, not yeah. at all. When you come out, you sort of filter out a bit, and you and you would, but. Yeah, during the game, you're totally segregated. Yeah, so that's what's um, even my experience with being an away fan at a football game of that of that type is Portland, Seattle, in America. And even though we get bussed up there and we get our own section, you still just wander even before the game, during the game. There's no police separation. It's just there's a few security mm. guards around and whatever. But that's probably the most fiercest rivalry in American soccer, and it's not even close to the security they have in England, which just shows. Mm. Yeah. how serious it is in that sense because you know obviously you blokes weren't going to cause any ruckus um no not after a 50 hour, <laughs> 50 hour experience <laughs> just happy to be alive in there <laughs> glad to be awake yeah. yeah um so carl was this your first time going to match over there or yeah yes yeah. it was yeah and so it was how it was, was that for you oh it was a great experience i mean i guess um especially going to a away game and just seeing the sort of uh I guess the passion that the Huddersfield away, you know, as as away supporters, that the passion that they had, and um, you know, the the amount of singing and supporting that was done, it's something that I've never experienced before, and it was just great to be a part of. Mm-hmm. That's what I find. Um, the English supporters often the uh, the away sections are always filled with the most passionate and hardcore of the supporters because a lot of the punters that turn up on game day at home days. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a certainly a passionate section, but then there's often the you know the ones that are just there for the experience. Whereas the away support to go to an away game, you have to be a real passionate supporter. And yeah, I find just watching Liverpool games that often you hear more singing from the away fans at away games than you do at Anfield sometimes. Mm. So, yeah. mm. um, what was the result of that game? One all. One all. I I remember they had a really hot run going into your trip, and then it. It sort of yeah. petered off when we yeah. got there. It fizzled a bit. We had a. It was one all, and then the next game was a loss, wasn't it? To Newcastle. Newcastle three one. And then and then two two wins, one nil wins after mm-hmm. Aston Villa and uh, Brentford. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I remember getting on Facebook. I reckon around the Barnsley game, and there's already a photo of you up with two Carlings in hand. So even tired, did you get stuck into it pretty quickly? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't feeling so hot, actually. Yeah. Steve had some issues had some, going into the Barnsley game. Had some, had some bowel issues. But, uh, uh, yeah. 
Well, I, I think it was due to the flight and, and yeah. the anxiety, perhaps, of, of Storm <laughs> Doris, which, uh, yeah. I almost thought... Cur- curtailed some of my drinking right. exploits. On the way to the Barnsley game, I almost thought Steve was going to bail um, because uh, he needed to do a shit something <laughs> great. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I, if ever if ever there was going to be a man that was going to shit himself on a train on the way to an away game, it was going to be Steve. <laughs> um, it didn't happen, but he was pretty close, I think. That's a true terrier getting it done no matter what. Who <laughs> to be a terrier? Remember, yeah. uh, did you see the... There was some site, I don't know if it was randomly on the news or some cycling tour somewhere in Europe and a guy literally jumped off his bike and took a shit by the road because <laughs> he had to do it right there. <laughs> And that's just what came to mind when I heard that story. But anyway, I won't get... Yeah, was, well, yeah, I'll try to try to keep the bowel movements still lim- <laughs> lim- minimal on the podcast. But yeah, so between the new... So after Barnsley and between... Was it before that that you went up to Edinburgh? Between, yeah, yeah. yeah. So between, before between New- Barnsley and so Newcastle, we yeah. went up to Edinburgh and we saw Hearts, Hearts versus Ross County mm-hmm. in midweek game yeah, in Edinburgh. So how's that? Because Scottish Premier League, some of the guy I like to watch a bit, and and but I don't know too many people that do, to be honest. Um, especially, unfortunately, the quality's yeah. probably gone. There, has gone yeah, the, down a bit. But the quality and the atmosphere is nowhere near as good. Yeah. <laughs> the atmosphere at the Hearts game was almost silent. Yeah, it was. It was but a weird. It, there, it was a weird. We, we we had hospitality tickets, didn't we? So we were yeah. supposedly in the. In yeah. the, we were in the quiet section. In the quiet section. We weren't in sort of the away side or the home side um, end I, of the ground. But, the the yeah, it was a weird atmosphere. Hearts didn't play well. Ross County were down near the bottom. Yeah, Ross County probably had 200 fans there that sounded a hell of a lot, a lot louder than probably the 10,000 yeah. Hearts fans that were there. Yeah. But I think and Hearts... We had, and we had terrible seats. Yeah. That, oh, <laughs> yeah. So the seat, well, where we were was good. No, but the, the viewing was good, but the the, the amount of room we the had. The room with the seats was, was shocking. Yeah, gosh, five foot six people probably from the nineteen yeah, twenties or something. Yeah, I think the seats were designed for people a lot shorter than us. I can say that. Mm. Yeah, kind of like I remember my, my nana's house up at Riverton. The doorway was about yeah on me it's just like yeah it's, yeah design previous generations. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a housing trust one from the sixties. So yeah, quite <laughs> yeah. Average heights have gone up a little bit since then. Um, so Scotland, you were there for a couple of days. Um, how was it? I find it a yeah, beautiful I really, country, I really, so. I really liked Edinburgh. Yeah, loved Edinburgh. Edinburgh Ed, is a great it's a, city. It's a, yeah, really nice place. Um, met up with uh, a cousin of mine who, um, she's from the Barossa Valley but lives in Edinburgh now. Met someone and moved there. Had lunch with her and then we met up with uh, our missing partner at the moment, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. His family and uh, went out one night and we had a great night. Had, had a big night, great night. Probably yes. one of the best nights we had actually on the trip. Yeah, it was. A, we had a really good night in in, in and around Edinburgh and uh, found a new love for whiskey that I didn't know that I had. <laughs> and Mark's cousin's husband took us to all these little whiskey bars. Yeah, that only he knew from someone who's lived in Edinburgh his whole life. Yeah, which yeah. was really cool. And, you know, you walk into some pubs, and we went into a pub called the Sheep Sheep's Heed, Sheep's Heed Inn. Yeah, yeah, from and, what, what was it, thirteen yeah. something? Yeah, or you know, thirteen fifty or something yeah. like ridiculous, something stupid like that. So you know, there's just so much history in Edinburgh, and you don't get that obviously here in Australia. Mm. Things things just aren't that old. 
doesn't matter where you go, but in Edinburgh, you know, you've got things that are sort of six or seven hundred years old, and mm. it's just amazing. So Edinburgh was a really good, really good city. Um, and I, I'd love to go back. Yeah, I think that's one of the takeaways when I went there nine years ago. Was Edinburgh was just one of the places that stuck out in mind. Um, people were pretty nice. I found up there, and yeah, not that. All over England, I found good experiences, but then some bad experiences too. But yeah, Edinburgh, just everyone was nice. The only issue I had was when I went, you know, this was, I think, my third day ever overseas was when I was in Edinburgh and I walked into a bar and tried to order a Scotch, Scotch and Coke. And the bloke looked at me and said, It's whiskey here. <laughs> with a real serious look. And I said, Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I embarrassed myself a little bit there, but learned pretty quickly. So, well, the whiskeys over there were, we were getting. Whiskies for two pound fifty. We couldn't believe our luck. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah very lucky. <laughs> well, maybe not for the livers or the heads the next morning, but uh, yes. Uh, well, oh, we weren't too bad the next morning. We weren't too bad, except for Mark's cousin was a bit worse for wear. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and Uncle Sid. Uncle Sid was, was Uncle a Sid legend. Was, Uncle Sid's in his eighties and just about drank us under the table, so yeah. he did very well. Must be the good. The high, I think the higher quality of the whiskey, the better the hangover and everything. Because I think it was the high quality of the water that was mixed with. Oh the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that'll do it too. Responsible drinking and all. Mm. Um, so yeah, Scotland. We've gone. So Newcastle. That was that was that was about the point where you were still maybe just had an inkling that you could take the the whole yeah. whole whole championship. Yeah, as, that's yeah. They had a big chance. They yeah. had, had a big chance of moving from there. Um, to being promoted or even being champions of the mm -hmm. league. I mean, they were third, weren't they, at that stage? Yeah, and, and if I think if they could have beaten Newcastle that night, perhaps, you know, things could have moved on from there. But, yeah, um, yeah it didn't happen. It was a bit, I think it was a bit of a sort of a dodgy penalty, wasn't there, to early on. It was the, a lucky goal yeah, and a penalty yeah, and then a... And it just, yeah. And then the last goal, I think, the keeper that, came. Yeah, the... The keeper was coming forward to try and you know move things along to try and yeah. get an equaliser, and it ended up being instead of two all, it was three one sort of yeah. thing. So yeah, but that that was a really good atmosphere. That was oh. it was one. I think it was the first sellout crowd um, at the John Smith Stadium, like forever. I think or I think maybe maybe there was a game against uh, an FA Cup game against Liverpool or something like that years ago. Mm -hmm. That um, that's the first sellout until next season, of course, when they're in the Premier League. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I. You know, often you look at seasons and see not turning points so much, but just see the moment where where the, your expectations shift. And I guess at that point you realise that maybe you weren't going to quite have the uh, the squad or whatever you want to call it to get to the get to the champion uh, win the championship. But yeah, um, maybe. Focus shifted to just making sure you locked up that that mm. um, playoff spot. Yeah, um, and it's not like, yeah, like you said, you were pushing for an equaliser against Newcastle, who um, obviously a Premier League team in essence. The fact they've just dropped a couple of times in the last twenty or thirty yeah. years have almost almost won the Premier League a couple of times. So they're no no small team by any any stretch. So uh, yeah, and so we we go from that and then we move on to. The next game, I can't recall who that one was against. Aston, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Yeah. So the yeah. first, the first win of your trip, which yeah, yeah, that was on a Tuesday night. My birthday. That's right, your birthday, and, and we yeah, yeah. we'd done the hospitality thing at 
at Huddersfield, well, like we did at the with the Newcastle game. But mm. the, the Aston Villa game was it was like a one 0 win, but like a draw. Sort yeah, of. It, wasn't it was a great game. It wasn't the atmosphere wasn't as good as the Newcastle game. Like mm. the, the Newcastle game had a big expectation about it, I think, because they were I think they were top at the time, and mm. and they're probably the big they were the big team, but. Um, yeah, and it was just a, a one nil, and sort of the goal came out of nowhere, really, didn't yeah. it? I think it was Smith scored. Um, yeah, and I just yeah, it was was wasn't a really yeah, it wasn't a highlight for me anyway. It was because I've I've been to a few games there, and it was yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing when you get a win. Sometimes it's you don't yeah, sometimes a one nil win. Yeah. yeah, especially when you've just gone to three one loss, but it's more yeah. exciting in the sense that there was at least a feeling of theatre about it, and yeah. the whole the whole atmosphere was you know it wasn't there like yeah. you know the like the whole game day sort of experience like you go to or we go to this pub called the Aspley and mm. and I've got to know a few guys there through Facebook and meet up with them and have a few drinks and whatever and um, yeah it was sort of just missing a bit <laughs> for yeah. for the Aston Villa game yeah. Maybe because it was a midweek game. Could have been, yeah, that Tuesday, it was a Tuesday, Tuesday night. night it was sort of a weird time, and the, it wasn't full. The stadium wasn't full. And we, and we did that walk to uh, yeah, we did the walk to Slaithwaite or Slowit. Slap Slowit. Was this the big drinking day walk or no? This is my birthday, and we uh, sort of yeah, tended to go for a big walk and then have a few drinks when we got to this little. Town called Slowit, so we walked yeah. for I don't know about seven k's or something. So, we walked know. up the canal, like there's a canal that goes from Huddersfield up to Marsden, I think it is, and it's called Slowit, but yeah. but yeah, it's uh, I'd we, call it Slaithwaite, but yeah. the locals <laughs> call it Slowit. Yeah. And we 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 got to the we got to Slowit, Slaithwaite, whatever you want to call it, and <laughs> intended to have lunch and a few ales and. No, nothing was open. Nothing was open. It was weird. It was the weirdest place. We, it was it was the one place sort of in the whole of our trip that was a bit disappointing. So um, we ended up catching the got bus the bus back. back. That was the best part of the trip. Yeah, the bus back was good because we saw some. Uh, we sort of some went nice scenery the, yeah, on the way really back. Nice scenery up through the hills and sort of looking out over over the little villages. So, um, but yeah, we got back and I think we ended up at the Aspley again. <laughs> as yeah, as we did. Yeah. Yeah. All roads lead to the Aspley, do they? Yeah, they I do, get yeah. the impression of that. Aspley Basin, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Aston Villa was a disappointment in a sense. Not that the result was a disappointment, but just the overall atmosphere of it. Um, so you had you had two home games, and then Brentford was your last game, and that was an away game again, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brent, Brentford, uh, yeah, in like... Was it West London? I yeah, think. Yeah, Brentford yeah. was probably the that was highlight the, of the yeah, highlight the, of the trip in terms of the football for me. Yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, it was a it's like, it's a real what would you call it like an old school ground in West in London, London where yeah. houses where surrounding you, it. Yeah, pubs and houses surrounding the ground, and um, in the ground itself, you could actually stand up and watch. Mm. You didn't have to sit down. Uh, in your in your like. In your away support, if you can stand up, it seems to be so much better. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like a, a, a better experience. And yeah. so, yeah, we had this uh, experience where there was probably two thousand Huddersfield fans at one end, um, one thousand underneath, and a thousand up top. There was like a three-tiered, uh, two couple-tiered yeah. thing, and 
yeah, that was, I've just got this uh, memory of at the end of the game, they'd won one nil, turn around and the whole whole crowd is seeing it's a heffing dream. <laughs> yeah. Was that, did, did it have a score in that game or? No, uh, no that was Van no. Parra, I think. Yeah, Parra, right. yeah through the, through the goalie's hands. Yeah, the thing I can remember from that game is like the, the, the singing started from the moment, oh, yeah. the moment the game started and, and there would have been you know, certain portions of the away team, which is obviously Huddersfield, but the singing didn't stop for the whole game. So there would have been you know, six or seven chants just continually going yeah. all the time and it was that, just that such that an one, amazing atmosphere. There was that one chant of Blue and White Army that yeah, seemed to go, go on, on and on and on. And it was just yeah. like Blue and White Army, Blue and White Army, and yeah. it just went on and on. Yeah. And I just thought, when's this ever going to end? <laughs> and at the same time, someone's starting s- another smashing one. something. Yeah. And like it sounded like a drum, but actually, I think they were beating onto the back of the grandstand. Some just advertising audience yeah. the back or something like that. <laughs> just yeah. banging onto it. Yeah. yeah. It was a, that was a great atmosphere. And, the, and even the atmosphere before the game, we it was a coach ride from Huddersfield down to London. I don't know, three or four hours, probably. Yeah, it? four hours. Four hours. Around. And then we you know, got off the coach and sort of right next to the. To the Brentford ground was a pub, and so you could go in there, and and, and that was the one. It was so different to Barnsley because um, the Brentford game, we were able to mingle with Brentford supporters. There was no dramas. Um, we went into a pub on the corner, and you know, mm. a couple of pints of beer, and there was, was no hardly any police presence. No at all. issues. And hardly all any the supporters were mingling. Yeah, um, um, it's totally different to the like, the South Yorkshire police experience with Barnsley. <laughs> Which was over the top, I thought. Yeah, yeah. and and after you know, Huddersfield won one nil. Um, we come out of the ground again, no, very minimal police presence, and you know we had to get back onto the coach. But um, it would have been you know it would have been great to be able to have a have a pint in that pub again, but we couldn't do that. But the Wasn't atmosphere Ches- was Cheswick or Chiswick Arms or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember. I yeah. can't remember the name of it, but it was it was just yeah. a great atmosphere. That was a great day. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to catch the you know the 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 coach back to Huddersfield um, um, and we didn't get back into Huddersfield till probably 10 o'clock that evening I reckon yeah once we got back so that was a pretty full on day yeah yeah I've done one bus trip away trip was that Portland Seattle one you were talking about again and I think there's something to be said about going to an away game In it's almost a you kind of feel like you're going into battle but not in a in a violent sense you just you, you're coming together as fans mm. and you're going to an away game with one you've you're just going with a plan to support and sing and go crazy. And I think, like you guys said, it was, a, uh, I said before, sometimes the atmosphere, there's a collective collective thing that happens with fans at away games is that you're there and you've got out, you, you feel like you've got this thing where you've got to outsing, you know, 18, 20,000, whatever mm. it was at Brentford. And so you get more, I, mean, I don't know what, what it is, but I find when I go to away games, I get an, an even more of a zeal about me that yeah. I, want, I, I really want to make sure these guys know I'm there and that they're not alone out there kind of thing, even though, Professional footballers, they're not they're smarter than that, but yeah. you still as a fan, it's just it's just a great experience. Away away games are just a unique experience that it's hard to it's hard to explain. But um, if you ever get a chance to, it's yeah yeah it's a great I, a great experience. It is, I think I think you're right. Yeah, um, I probably prefer the away a game experience than uh, going to the home ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the home ground's great, but um, yeah, to go with like smaller numbers against bigger numbers is yeah. He's good. Probably the only mistake we made is the two home games that we went to. We we chose to go in, into the hospitality side of things, so we it was great. You know, we got a 
we got a, a meal and we got to sit in the in the stand and that sort of thing. But we probably should have um, maybe for one of those games, either the Aston Villa or the Newcastle game, just gone in the into the general admission with the mm. rest of the Huddersfield supporters, mm. so we could have sort of experienced a Huddersfield home game, um, with, just with a different aspect, not sitting up in the in the, the, the happy clappy seats. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Uh, you know, live and learn, I guess. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll be going back for a game in the Premier League. Will that will that make you go back next next year if they're in the Premier League? I know you've mentioned before about wanting to do other trips, but that's a twist. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, to, yeah. to just to go and see a, uh, a Premier League game at the ground where I saw League One games. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah, it, it is an incentive. They're probably thinking about going back next year to Europe, so that would have to be a stop-off, I think. Mm-hmm. Just just if they weren't, maybe if they don't make the Premier League, I probably won't, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's not anything. It's just, yeah, you did just do a trip, so it's, it's obviously from Australia to England, it's not exactly cheap, even though it is pretty good prices at the moment. Yeah, um, and that was probably the, the whole thing that started, started off in February, March, was... Mm-hmm. Shit! Look at look at the price of these airfares, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what actually started it. Mm-hmm. So you went from there, and uh, yeah, next thing you're gone for three weeks and seeing five games. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the games aside, as far as the uh, old mate sessions, was there one was there one particular day that stood out above all all else, even if the memories are slightly faded, but. Apart, apart from the football, yeah, a couple, apart from the football, yeah, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought the the day when we did the walk from Farnley Tyres to um, oh god, Thurston Land, Thurston Land, when <laughs> Cole Shoebridge yes. turned up, that was a good day. Yes, and uh, it's just um, yeah, villages out the back of Huddersfield, like in Yorkshire, mm-hmm. and uh, got a taxi, went out there, had lunch, walked from one village to the next, from like one pub to the next, and um, yeah, Cole was supposed to get the, was it the seven o'clock train, and at, at eight o'clock, Nottingham. he was still there, and <laughs> which we think he's still on his way home, yeah, he, yeah, he eventually made it back, I think, I don't know, after several months, but yeah, yeah. we had a couple of, the, the first Sunday we were there, we went to a place called Holmfirth, oh yeah, Holmfirth, Home, which the, was really good, the and Nook, we, we found a little pub called the Nook, yeah. and these amazing burgers for six pound, and you know pints of um, still cider for I don't know three, oh, three pound pounds fifty or something, or something. Like it was just, it was like heaven on earth to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we sat there all afternoon feeding ourselves and getting absolutely pissed. We ended up going back there again on the yeah. last Sunday, and then the last Sunday um, that we were there, we went, we, to, went to a few pubs, didn't we? In we s- yes, we did. The last one for. Three whiskeys and a shit. That's right. <laughs> As I was yeah. busting. And the last, the, the last Sunday we were there was probably our biggest night of the, of yeah. the lot. It's been now, um, it's been named Jagermeister Sunday. Thanks to Steve. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that's always good. like a rough way to if 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 a day's been named after Jagermeister, then it's just not a good thing. I'm never drinking that stuff again. <laughs> never. We, we, we decided I've said that a few times. We decided to go back to Holmfirth to relive our first Sunday and we, we sort of we did relive it. We had the burgers and we had the still ciders and it all was going well and I think we was we'd sort of had a fair bit of drink and I, I think we were sort of planning on a pretty easy um, night 
and then uh, we got back to the Aspley and I think we had a couple of whiskies. And then next thing, Steve comes around the corner of the bar and he's got three drinks in his hand. He's got this sheepish grin on his, uh, on his the, face. A jaunty walk as I, walk, <laughs> as I walked around with three Jägermeisters. Three and, uh, and 15, 15 minutes prior, I thought, oh, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> and then like probably three hours later and then the next day I was just, it was just not good. Yeah, I, think we, yeah. I, I stumbled up to the room, um, couldn't find my key, and it was it was just a it was just a disaster. But I actually woke up the next Mark, Mark and I woke up the next. We all had the same amount of drink. Mm -hmm. Mark and I woke up the next morning. Okay, and the, the idea was on the the, the Monday was the, the the final day. We were in Huddersfield, and we were to do all of our shopping, and you know we were going to go to the Huddersfield um, shop and buy all of our gear to take back to back home and Steve just didn't show <laughs> yeah, we didn't see him for the whole day yeah I, I just watched the episodes of escape to the country on, <laughs> and kept the kept the curtains down for that day <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a, a random offshoot when I came back in 2010 and we went up to the Fox and Firkin <laughs> <laughs> and then we, I, I don't know, it was Guinness and Old Speckled Hen or something like that. Speckled, it was it's Speckled Hen. Speckled Hen. And old then, Speckled. And then the next day at about one o'clock, uh, Catherine, your lovely wife, comes through to pick you up to take you to Ryan's footy game and you were on the couch and said, it's not happening today, honey. <laughs> she just walked out in disgust and you stayed in the room with the, and stayed yeah. on the couch with the curtains closed. Yeah, I think I just went back into the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Speckled hen. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a rough feeling when you when it's that bad that you can't even tolerate the the sight of daylight, <laughs> especially English daylight. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next question. <laughs> uh, um, so I guess any any other memories from the trip that stick out among? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty. So um, really, just yeah, anything whether, oh, we, whether it's football we, related or we we all got to meet relatives which was good um, mm. and Steve got to see his cousin and Mark got to see his couple of cousins and an uncle and, and I got to see um, I was actually born in the UK unlike these guys so <laughs> I was born in a city in Essex called Chelmsford so I got to go back to Chelmsford and meet my cousin who I hadn't seen for probably 45 years mm -hmm. uh, and my uncles and aunties so so that was good to see them, and we spent a day with my cousin. Um, we went to South End Pier and had some donuts. Had some donuts around uh, Nick South likes End Pier. His donuts. Yeah, so that was great. We all got to see our relatives, which mm -hmm. was good. Yeah, I guess it shows that we're all we're all yeah. a country of immigrants and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I you know, caught up back. with all these guys that I've got to know on Facebook. You know, yeah. for the third or fourth time I've seen them, gone to games with them, and yeah. It's, so what trip was this? Was this your third trip or your fourth trip over there for Huddersfield, um, Huddersfield specifically? I know you did a Man United trip a few years ago, but... Oh, 2009, yeah, we saw a couple of Man United games, but 2011, 12, 15, 17, I've seen Huddersfield games. So, right. yeah, it's yeah. the fourth time. Fourth time. Fourth time I've been back there to to see uh, Huddersfield Town games, yeah. Yeah. As part of other trips as well, I guess, yeah. But yeah. I always sort of try to get in at least a couple of games yeah that's my philosophy to any travelers it's it's based upon a, a large part on what sports i can see while i'm there um 
Yeah, that's you know almost a resident of Huddersfield town. <laughs> Four trips from Australia. That, um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's I've awesome. seen like the last two playoffs, and Catherine said to me, "Do you want to go to this game as well?" Uh, she what? did Monday night's game. Yeah, really. She said, "Why don't you go?" I said, "I can't do it." <laughs> I said, "It just." I said, "I've just been there, so I can't go there." Oh wow! She was she she gave me the card to go. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't. That's a, that's some willpower there to, to turn that one down. <laughs> no, I, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Not after being there in March. Yeah. Was it you, the bowels, or the liver, or? <laughs> I think it was all those memories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's something to be said about recovery time. I remember seeing you coming to work the first time you after you got back from this trip. I hadn't seen you look like that. I was still getting over it. Yeah, I think. You, yeah. you just you didn't. It's not like it was a hangover look or anything. You just looked exhausted. <laughs> yeah, because that was. Yeah, yeah I think we, of, we were on the go pretty much every day. Yeah, we didn't yeah, have too much downtime. Yeah, it was only like one or two days that were downtime. Apart from the last day where Steve didn't show oh, himself, that was <laughs> real downtime. We were pretty yeah. much on the go all the time. We didn't spend much time, sort of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we were either. Um, Traveling or going to football games or drinking or so yeah it was pretty mm. full on. It was yeah. a great time. It's not too often that you know three blokes in their early fifties get a chance to go away um, and spend time together and just do the things that you love to do. Mm. And you know three three good mates. It was a great time. Yeah no like I said it's a the kind of trip that a lot of blokes out there would love to do and some you know don't get the chance to do so it's it's, it's it's a really cool thing when steve told me he just started planning it and done it it was it was quite envious it's a really cool thing to do so mm. um now i guess on to football matters then the playoff final two 48 hours from now pretty much i think yeah pretty so, much yeah uh two days together yeah. are we is it squeaky bum time already for you guys or Oh, it's always it's always good to bump for me. <laughs> yes, Steve's our resident squeaky bum. So, uh, how how are you feeling for it? What's your I guess gut instinct uh, and all those things? Well, my my gut instinct was that get past Sheffield Wednesday and that will be easier. Like the the yeah. playoff final would be easier, but it's it's just a fifty fifty thing mm-hmm. really on the night. Bit of luck here and there, so. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. So, yeah. Either way, um, this time last year, I never would have thought that they would have made the top six. Yeah. Not not, not a hope. I thought uh, progress would be finishing above halfway, like from twelve to six, mm-hmm. but not. I thought playoffs would be next year, next season. Mm. Yeah. So if if they win, unbelievable. If they win, it's like. God help us, what do we do now? We're in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a... I know you remember last year, it was just you relieved when they finally had secured safety from relegation. So to go from that to the to 90 minutes or I guess 120 plus penalties, potentially away from the Premier League is... Mm. It's progress that's... Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's quite ahead of its... You know, teams don't make that kind of leap very often. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think they're three years ahead of schedule or two years at least ahead of schedule. Yeah, how um, much how much of that is down just to, to Wagner himself? Like I know I know that you love him. Um, yeah, I I think a lot of it goes down to Dean Hoyle as well, the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the the rest of the behind the scenes stuff as well who they've got you know they wanted someone like Wagner in to um, have someone with a different idea different approach to try and you know squeeze every much every bit they can out of players and you know because they don't have the budgets of these really big clubs mm. you know like Sheffield Wednesday had 18 million dollars in their forward line whereas Huddersfield yeah. probably had two or something <laughs> you know probably the budget of Rotherham but yeah. still you know they're in the in the final with Rotherham are getting relegated mm. well, so it's there's so much to be said about in football that for all the millions and sort of billions of dollars of pounds that are spent especially at the top level there's so much to be said about just having an identity and a philosophy and a and a, a plan as a mm. football team you know Sometimes I look at the, uh, sorry, Chelsea's and and the cities and even, you know, Liverpool to a certain extent, all these top teams are just spending money trying to get where they're going and sometimes you just need to actually have a plan and a philosophy that you stick to and an identity and and I think that's what it looks like to me just as a casual outsider that has taken a bit of an interest in Huddersfield is that it's a, there, is a, there is an idea and a belief there that um, this guy has taken them in the right direction. And that, and that comes from ownership too, like you said with Hoyle. Um, you have to have an owner that you can, mm. that you know is going to back you, and not make stupid decisions, rash decisions. Yeah. Um, we've just seen a team that was won the Premier League twenty two years ago go down to League One because they've got owners that mm. that just don't have yeah. any idea what they're doing and have made yeah. a crash and burn yeah. down through oh, the leagues. So. Well, Hoyle, Hoyle used to stand on the terraces as a young guy and build his business up, you know, from selling cards at a market. Mm-hmm. You know, to owning the club, and um, they, they've got a really good foundation to kick on if they did win. Mm. I, I really hope they win, and not so much so they can get into the Premier League. But I, I got this fear that if they don't, um, it could all fall away really quickly. Because clearly, if they don't, Wagner probably won't stay. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a few players there that I think will probably move on if they don't make it to the Premier League, and then they're just back in the pack. With mm. a lot of other teams in the championship, and then it just goes back to being a real hard slog for them. So I'd, you know, I'd love to see. They've obviously got a real unique combination of players and manager this time round, and so they've got the opportunity to go to the Premier League. Um, I really hope they can do it and keep that sort of core of people together. Because if they don't, there's a, from my point of view, there's a real fear that they're, you know, this time mm. next year we could be seeing them. Know, ninth, tenth, eleventh, sort of thing. Mm. But mm. I, I might be wrong. But that's just what I think. Yeah, I feel like that's um, something I've seen on the little message boards and stuff. As people do worry that this is the make or break kind of, uh, which is just the the nature of these league ones and twos and championships and Premier Leagues is that you do go up and down. And sometimes it's one game, especially at Premier League. There's just so much money in it. And like you said, Wagner's clearly shown his chops as a manager and and uh yeah so yeah. is that is that how you're feeling about it too steve yeah yeah no, quite possibly if he if say borussia dortmund said um come on home mm-hmm. i think he would because I, I think his family still live in germany and and he commutes like or he he lives in england and mm-hmm. he goes back to germany sort of thing so yeah um, yeah He's definitely a chance to move on because yeah, all these things only last for really. There's you have one year. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you are. It, you know, if you're a premier Premier League team, or you've got one year with those players and that one manager. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work that year, well, 
basically you, you're trying again with a whole different thing the next year. Yeah, because there's always one or two players that move, one or two players yeah. that come in. And um, as a Liverpool fan, almost winning the league, and then Suarez leaving, and then we yeah, crashed and burned, it. and ended up changing managers, and we're only just getting back into yeah. even close to where that was. And it's still a long. It's the biggest jump going from almost to champions. Yeah. So, um, yeah. For and I guess as a from Australian point of view, does do you think? I, I haven't. I haven't kept too close an eye on what Moy the Moy situation is. Do they try to keep Moy if they move up? Oh, I think so. Uh, if if they do make it to the Premier League, I think they'll they'll try and hang on to him. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that all depends on Man City really. Like, yeah. do do they really want him, and do they want really want to give him mm-hmm. a shot? Or yeah, or, or, probably their probably their best player throughout the year. Um, so yeah, he was voted. Yeah, player he was the, the player of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they clearly want to keep him, but it, you know, considering he's on loan from Man City, it's just a matter of whether whether Pep Guardiola thinks he's in Man City's future, and if he's not, then um, they might look at offloading him, and yeah. perhaps Huddersfield can move in then. But uh, or whether they just keep him on loan out to Huddersfield, I don't know. Yeah, they'll be able to afford the ten million or whatever it is for him. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I think what is it, what's it worth? It's is one hundred and seventy million. One hundred and seventy yeah. million. There is there's the amount yeah. of money to jump into the Premier League. If like mm. you can make a team yeah. for, I think if you stay up for three years, then you get another hundred million. I think. All right. I yeah. Wasn't even yeah. aware of that yeah. one, but yeah. yeah, it can be worth two hundred and seventy. I think if you stay up for yeah. three years in a row. Yeah, that's a that's a game changer for yeah. a team, especially like you said with players time. like um, Izzy Brown and Payne. Uh, what's the other guy? From Chelsea, Casey Palmer. Palmer, you know they're, they're possible, you know, to stay if you if they win and get into the Premier League. So mm-hmm. it all depends if they win that game. Yeah, yeah. but you'll you'll be pleased to know, David, that probably Danny Ward will go back to Liverpool as a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he's certain to leave. Yeah, I um, especially Mignolet has been all right this back half of the season, but yeah, goalkeeping still not exactly a secure position there, so. Yeah, well, Made some great saves in that uh, that penalty shootout. Um, yeah. almost, and, and prior to that yeah, as well. Yeah, in the game. minutes. Yeah, very... There was, there was one of them that I thought was a bit dudeckish from the 05 Champions League final. Half a yard, of, a yard maybe off the line, but... Oh, did, get, yeah, well, in the penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... I yeah. think the other guy did it as well, Westwood. Yeah. And like, was like, I, like I say to you a lot, is if you call it both ways, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair refereeing. It's, that's what it comes down to for me, but um, yeah, I guess uh, I was going to ask you about the randomly throughout the momentum thing to you guys because it sounds like it's an issue across the friendship. Momentum, no, momentum. I don't, be- <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in momentum. It's just not not in these. I think you have momentum in the game. Mm. You can have someone scores a goal, they feel good. They're going to have mm. a bit of positive momentum, yeah. uh, but. From week to week nowadays, I don't think it happens anymore so much mm-hmm. because I think, like, especially um, a manager like Wagner and, and, and all those professional managers, if they're any good, they're going to be on top of all of that stuff. And it's just game to game, what players they've got, who they're playing against. And on the day, it's basically 50-50. And I don't think you can take what happened the week before into the next game. If you happen to win six in a row, well, that's just... Six one games in a row. It's not building anything. Yeah. So as you saw with 
Fulham and Chapel Wednesday never made it, mm. and they were the ones who were most wanting. So exactly, yeah. and I, having watched Liverpool break my heart a lot over the years, momentum means fuck all to me. <laughs> 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 if momentum was a thing, we would have won the title this year because we have beaten City on New Year's Eve and I think we're top of the table, oh, close to the top of the table. So yeah, mm. it's a. Uh, is it Mark yeah. that believes he, he's not here to defend himself? So is it? Is it? Oh, let's get stuck <laughs> into him, man. Well, he was a, he's a bit of a momentum yeah, fan. Mark, Mark was. Uh, yes. But the the thing is with momentum too is, you can lose and that can give you momentum. Yeah. Right. You can you can have lost a game so that can inspire you to win a game. Mm-hmm. So you can achieve as much momentum from losing as you can from winning. So yeah. that's why I think momentum's. Yeah, Mark was got of, nothing to do. Mark with was it. of the opinion that that Huddersfield should keep playing their best team up into the up into the playoff games and obviously Wagner didn't agree with Mark mm-hmm. <laughs> and decided to arrest a heap of players yeah. I think coming well, to the that, last that was a, that, two that, or three that games. Was a, there was I'm a huge dispute in the Huddersfield Examiner about that with Langdon and, and Wagner. Was it? Yeah. 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 Going, going at odds with each other. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of so, comments. So I think they lost to Bristol and they lost to Nottingham Forest in those last couple of games and you know, Mark, our mate, was of the opinion that... Uh, Huddersfield had lost all their momentum because Wagner had chosen to play a, al- almost a second team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're now in the playoff final, so, you know, last laugh to Wagner, I guess. Yeah, I think that's something that's always been... It's been a theme in England for ever since football began is you often have the continental managers or ideas come over and England is very... It's very... It takes a while for them to catch up with that idea. It's kind of like, I think they lost... Lost to Hungary six three in nineteen fifty three, and the England press just fell apart, just thinking football's over. But it's just because England was still playing an archaic system, and they and they never caught up. And that's the same with squad rotation. Um, Benitez used to do it at Liverpool back when it wasn't a big thing, and people would just be like, "What are you doing?" And it was there was a momentum thing. It was if the guys on a hot streak keep playing him, but if the guys on a hot streak, ten games into you know if you especially if you're playing four different competitions. You are you know, there's a hamstring snap coming, <laughs> so yeah. and uh, and that's the thing is like Wagner clearly knew what he knew what he had and what he wanted to go into these playoffs with, mm. and once you've got that secured, why? Yeah, you've got you've got your squad. Use your squad. That's how I see it. I mean, your squad is your squad. They're all able to play, and I don't think it should be an issue if you if you choose to play um, your best, you know, players one to eleven, or you choose to play eleven players. Five to sixteen on your squad. It doesn't really matter. They're still part of your squad. Mm-hmm. And I guess that yeah. Any comments towards the FA about their uh, half-assed investigation into it, or <laughs> that was, oh, it was one of the most ridiculous things. Nothing's come out of it, so that's no. probably. I think says they, it all. I think uh, I read something about they're going to review their their what they reviewed, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, no, prof- gonna... professional sports are doing it all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. you know, rotating squads. I think it's just smart, in my opinion. And you know, they need to get with the times. Basically, that it's a new style. Yeah, you, especially you... with the the amount of football players play these days, and the high intensity of it. And you, yeah, yeah, it's professional, and that's what they do. But still, um, they're just human bodies, and and at some point, you need to take stock of what you've got, and it's it's. Manage, management is as much about getting the score through to the end of the season as far as as far as winning the game on mm. an individual day, especially when mm. playoffs and like you said, two hundred and seventy million dollars is at stake mm. uh, pounds. Sorry, Australianism yeah. coming out, but yeah, potentially um, when that's at stake, 
that's what you do. You've well, got to do everything. And, yeah. and managers live and die by their performances. So you know, he's he's ultimately Wagner's got to live. In, you know, if, if he doesn't, if he finishes, um, you know, down the bottom of the table, he, he's out of a job. So he's got to make the decisions that he thinks is best for the team and for the club. And you mm. know, he makes the money, he's out, and he, you know. Yeah. Well, he had two games to go, and the results of those last two games meant nothing. Weren't, really. Meant nothing. Mm-hmm. So he had. He had a new season coming up in that playoff season where he had three games, mm-hmm. and he's got through two of them. He's got one more to go, so he was planning around that. He wasn't he wasn't particularly worried about those last two games, mm-hmm. and I think he was quite happy to take any fine or any consequence that came out of his decisions exactly. of playing those team those players in those t- last two games. So and and momentum is spurious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a myth. <laughs> it's a yeah. I um, yeah. Something I've battled with a long. There's a lot of people that are depend. No matter what sport you watch, um, I've seen it in baseball. I've seen it in in hockey. I've seen it in yeah. uh, American football. I've seen it here, and you know, just everyone's saying, "Oh, why are you playing?" You know, you got to win every game. It's about pride for the shirt. But, and but it's you, like, see, you see it. In, you, you, yeah, I think we were yeah. talking earlier. You see it actually in games where teams are, you know halfway through a second half and winning 3-0, they'll take their best players off. What's mm. the difference? It's it's no different. It's, it, managers do it within games and they do it within seasons and I just don't think there's an issue to it. Exactly. If a, ga- if a game's 3-0 and the team that's uh, that's losing that game, in theory, I guess as a side note, they take their couple of good players off, that team that team that's down 3-0 could be in a relegation battle where goal difference is a major thing. Mm. They score a couple of goals at the end, garbage time goals, whatever you call it. Mm. It's it's just a it's just a, such a stupid mm. argument in that sense because yeah like like we were talking about before at the at the bowl end uh, if you need if you need the forty first game of the season to save your ass then you, know, you yeah, might you might trouble. be you might have been in trouble for, for the for the first forty and you shouldn't really be complaining so exactly yeah um, any last minute thoughts guys or uh, no we we covered the trip we had a great time it was. Um, Trip of a lifetime, probably, and probably something we're not likely to do as a group you know, quickly again. So it was a it was a great trip and a great experience for me personally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think I think uh, yeah, to to go away with a couple of friends and do that, it's not something that everyone does. I think yeah. my ne- my next one's to America and see the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping I'll be able to come over <laughs> and join you with that one. Um, yeah, yeah, with the. And show you around the spots, take you to take you to In and Out, <laughs> In and Out Burger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, um, I'm glad. That hopefully, this brought back some good memories for you boys, and um, glad to do it with you. It's good to just. I love hearing stories about people's experiences with sports. It's one of my favourite things about it. I think that's what sports is all about. So, um, yeah. Until next time. Um, cheers, lads. Cheers. Thank you very much. All right. Stay sportsgasmic.
Chamfer.